Welcome back to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast presented by Sib Sports. This is your host, John Ashkar, and today with me I have a very, very special guest, Ohio State offensive lineman Nicholas Petit Freire. Welcome to the show, Nicholas. What's up? How are you doing? Dude, thank you so much for coming on. We're really excited to have you. So, for those of you that don't know Nicholas, he is a redshirt sophomore offensive tackle for the team, plays left and right tackle, if I'm correct. Right. Nick is from Berkeley Preparatory High School in Tampa, Florida, and coming out of high school, he was the number seven ranked player in the class of 2018, according to 247. That's a five-star prospect. So you beat out Sean for the highest ranked player who's been on our show, which is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and he was the highest ranked offensive tackle in the country. Nick, you had 29 offers coming out of high school, but you eventually chose Ohio State, where last year you were an OSU scholar athlete and academic All Big Ten, which is also really impressive. So that's a great transition into our first question. Your mother's parents come from Haiti, where she said education just isn't always free there. She said she's always pushed you to do well academically and has even told you to get your work done before you play sometimes. How much has she pushed you academically and how do you think that work ethic has translated over to the field? Um, she's pushed me a lot academically um, during elementary and middle school and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, actually, me and her would have like Saturday school and stuff like that where we just sit together and just like do extra schoolwork, just get extra extra learning and stuff like that. So that kind of translated into everything I do, just put an extra effort and extra time into things. So um, that just kind of translated into high school, how I played sports, and also how I did my academics as well. Gotcha. That Saturday school doesn't sound like much fun, but probably sets you up for a lot of success in the future. Right. So you're from Florida, from Tampa, and many people thought you were a lock for the University of Florida. But there's a couple factors that could have possibly played into your Ohio State uh, commitment, which I personally don't know. For example, like former Ohio State defensive coordinator Greg Shianu volunteering down with your high school program because his son was on the team. What ultimately brought you to Ohio State and did Coach Shianu play any part in that decision? Um, Coach Shianu didn't play a lot in that mm-hmm. decision. Like, for me, like he, he knew at the end of the day, like, look, I'm going to just make sure that you try to find the best place for you. Mm-hmm. I'm the chair at Ohio State, so he's going to just recruit me like how he's supposed to. But like, what I kind of focused on was the best mix of academics and football, and I felt like Ohio State had that. Yeah. I mean, and plus he's a defensive coordinator, so I guess he doesn't have much to do with your position, but I know I know a lot of coaches recruit outside of the position too. Right. So you've played basketball throughout your life, if I'm correct, and uh, even like a fun fact, you played with Kevin Knox back in the fourth grade in a YMCA league? Yeah, me and him played together in YMCA and then a little league football and uh, yeah, in AAU too, so like, yeah, we, we were around each other for a while. That's so cool, and, and his dad coached you? Yep, coached me in AAU, uh, YMCA, football, all that. Awesome, awesome. So we all know in basketball you have to have pretty good footwork, and your teammate Brandon Bowen from last year said you have like the best feet and the fastest feet that he's like ever seen. So how much do you think and how much would you attribute your footwork and fast feet to playing basketball in the past? Uh, I say a lot. I mean, when I first started playing, actually, in like, well, I started playing back when I was, like, in elementary, but I mean, like, in middle school, when I started getting, like, more serious about it, I actually couldn't jump rope. So, like, before practice, I would train on jumping rope, uh-huh. just, like, 
like just by myself for like 30 minutes to an hour just trying to figure out how to do that so that along with just like defensive drills and stuff like that just kind of helped me with my footwork and things like that dang dang and now you got some of the fastest feet on the team apparently so i guess it all works out like that so last year with the ohio state team you did an externship with wwe last summer in july what exactly did you do while you were there and what did you learn from that experience uh, it was a great experience doing that WWE internship. Uh, Ohio State got me a chance to go out to um, Orlando and look at WWE um, NXT and like see how they run their operations and stuff like that. Uh, so what we did, we just kind of was able to go around and see all the different facets of how they run a show and then also the behind-the-scenes action like with promos and things like that and mm-hmm. how they train wrestlers to become who they want to be or like how they cut promos and things like that. So um, we just kind of saw the whole facet of like the whole business side of the WWE and from the NXT perspective, which is pretty similar to the Raw and SmackDown's perspective as well. Yeah. Like those flagship programs. But NXT is just like the smaller of those two. But it's they like still the minor do, league, right? Yeah, but mm-hmm. they still do a lot of work for the actual um, two flagship programs as well. So like, you know, they, they're kind of like that like little cesspool that like people don't really know about. But uh-huh. they do a lot of work to both of those shows happen. So um, it was just a fun experience. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I'm, I think I had some NXT action figures growing up too, so I definitely know what you're talking about, but that's definitely a unique experience that you were, that you got to do. It sounds super fun and just awesome. Yeah. So there was a lot of buzz around Ohio State media last year uh, regarding your diet to gain weight. At first, apparently you had to eat up to 8,000 calories a day. Just how grueling was that? It, it couldn't have been fun. And what point are you at now with your diet and nutrition plans? Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of work. I mean, a lot of people heard about me and, like, you know, sometimes you just had to, like, fight your way through trying to eat and stuff like that to gain weight. So, you know, it was a hard process. But, uh, you know, once you get better at it, everything just gets easier. I'm still kind of on that diet. I still eat a lot. But, I mean, like, it's more manageable now. Yeah. Like, you know, it was just kind of harder with, like, spring ball and, like, a lot of the summer workouts and everything. But now with how everything kind of slowed down because of corona and everything, everything's just kind of been easier. Mm-hmm. My body's adjusted better, so, like, everything's been kind of easier for me in terms of that. Is it is it tough on your mom when you had to go home and do that diet? Yeah, my mom was excited when I got back here. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> my mom's going to be excited when I'm gone, too, so she has to stop cooking. Um <laughs> You had significant playing time versus Northwestern, which was actually your first career start, which is awesome. And you've also had uh, significant times in games like Cincinnati, Indiana, and Florida Atlantic. How have those big game experiences helped you develop as a player, and how do you build off of games like those? You know, it's just always being ready and being accounted for whenever your name, whenever your number's called. So, like, with Northwestern, we had a lot of injuries going into that week, and um, Coach Dud gave me an opportunity for me to try to play and try to start. So, um, you know, but every single week we have to be prepared for those type of situations. Yeah. Um, playbook, understanding the keys and things like that. So, uh, you know, every week I'm always prepared and ready to go. It just so happened that I had to go out and show, show what I could do. So, you know, in those big moments, you just got to be ready. And uh, I was just grateful to get those experiences. And always just about, it's more about work you put in during practice and uh-huh. behind the scenes. And it really is about the games because once you get to the game, that's when everything you've done during practicing uh, and uh, film kind of shows. 
And if you did your homework and did your study, it'll look good on them. Sometimes it'll show on the field. So. Right, and it definitely did that game. You said uh, Coach Stott and Coach Day even told you how well you were doing and that they were really happy with how you played. So it must have been nice to just have that all pay off for you. Who has been the hardest person that you've had to block in a game? And what stood out about them compared to anyone else that you've had to block? Honestly, the hardest people I had to block were the people in practice. Yeah, uh-huh. It's kind of how, how it goes with here at Ohio State. Like, our, the guys we go up against during practice are honestly the best people we can go up against because we're just so talented and we always bring in great guys that always do their homework, watch film, and um, work hard in the weight room and during fo- football and everything. So, like, the guys I had to go up against during practice, practice is honestly harder than some games at times. <laughs> it's like, because this is a competition we go up against because we still, like, you know, compete hard. Uh-huh. Even though it's not like to turn it off, you know? Yeah, so that was, that was actually one of the quick questions I was going to ask you, who's the hardest person to block in practice? Has there been one person that's kind of stood out to you? I mean, so my freshman year, I had to go up against Bosa, and then the next year, I had to go up against Chase. I mean, you know, those two guys, you know, like, first-round yeah. draft picks, top-tier draft picks, guys that's some of the hardest. But, I mean, like, honestly, I mean, I can't, like, literally every DM that we've gone, I've gone up against in practice, they all have their little things that are really good that uh-huh. they do, and it's just always a new look, because, like, you go into practice, and you go up against one guy, like, let's say, like, Javante or something, and then you go through that, and then the next thing you go up against Tyler, and then the next thing you go up against Zach, and then like it just keeps like rotating and rotating and rotating. So like, and then like next thing you know, you go up against Tyreek. It's just like all these rotation of guys and defensive ends because Coach um, Johnson does a great job there with yeah. all, all as a preparing them. Definitely, and that can that can only benefit you too, which is great about the program. Yep. And talking about the program, what goals do you have for the team this year? And then what goals do you have for yourself this year and then just down the line with football? Well, I'll, I'll treat it as if we were, like, in season. Yeah, hypothetically, if you're I, playing, my bad. You know, goal every single year in a championship. That's why I wanted to come to Ohio State. I felt like this was also a program that had the ability to um, win a championship every single year. And so that was always, always obviously goal number one. Second goal for me is to get playing time for me to show what I can do on the field. Yeah. And then down the line, just play football, get my degree. And um, wherever that takes me is wherever that takes me, you know? Because, like, NFL's never promised, but, like, with Ohio State here, we always promise internships and being able to get yourself a life after football. So that's always the number one thing, first and foremost. But, like, as long as you do what you need to do academically, and then you also do what you need to do on the field. Um, yeah, it just really seems like. I see all these recruiting p- pitches from all these coaches, but it just seems... I know you're recruited by Urban, too, but it just it really seems like Ro- Coach Ryan Day seems like just as more as concerned as your guys' well-being and just life after football, even compared to football right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he seems like an awesome, awesome, awesome guy. So talking more about Coach Day, actually, earlier this year, he said Nick had a tremendous offseason. His body weight is as strong as it's ever been. I think he had a great offseason. He's strong, really looks like a different person. How much does that build your confidence in him saying that? But at the same time, how do you not let yourself like get content with where you're at? Um, I mean, it's huge, you know, having, having the head coach being able to say that about me. But, you know, it was more about me getting the job done, me trying to get my body weight right, me trying to get my body ready for the season, you know, things like that. So, 
at the end of the day, the job's not finished, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm at a certain body weight, just because I did these things during the We still got to go through a fall season and things like that. Got to go through all ball, got to play. So, like, yeah. or the non-content comes in because, like, no one here is ever content here. Mm -hmm. We're always do better. Like, day, like, day after a game, even though we win, we're still trying to practice, trying to look at the film, do everything we can, come back in on Monday, look at film again, figure out what we can do to get ready for the next. And what we did previously, like we do everything we can to never be content with just that one moment. We always have to look to get better. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you guys have the opportunity to always get better, especially with, like we said, all of the people at practice. So if you guys do play this year, you're going to have the opportunity to block for Justin Fields again. So how much bigger of a, of a challenge is it blocking for someone who's just not like a stereotypical standard QB, but someone who can move and can get it done on the ground. I wouldn't say it's harder. I'd say it's probably easier, you know, because there's a chance that he can make people miss. He can move around the pocket, um, have an amazing arm, great speed. So, like, it's just he has so many different facets to his game. You know, it's always great practicing with Justin, playing with him. He's a great kid, great teammate, great leader. Um, and those are all the those are all the, the tangibles without even talking about his play. Like in terms of just him as a person, like one of the better guys that have ever been around. Everyone in the facility loves him. Just an amazing person, good guy. So like leaving aside like the playing aspects, which everyone knows about, because like you know, top tier rated quarterback and all that. But like all the intangible that some people don't really see from a day to day, he has all those. And then you have the athleticism and ability and arm strength, just whole package. It's great to hear that when, like, someone who's, like, in his position could easily, like, let the hype get to their head, you know, like, but it's great to hear that, like, you saying, like, he's just a good guy and well-liked around the facility, which is awesome. Yep. So, I heard that you were really big into fantasy football, so I have a couple questions for you. So, All right, I got you. So, if you had the first overall pick this year in a PPR league, who are you thinking you would take? In a PPR league, so my mistake last year was I had the first round pick mm -hmm. and I picked Saquon. If I had, I had, it was between Saquon and Christian McCaffrey. If I had to pick again, I obviously would have picked Christian McCaffrey, but that was like where I messed up at. Um, I'm going running back. It's probably going to be Christian McCaffrey again. Just that's probably the safest pick as number one. Mm -hmm. uh, for number two. I know Saquon and Zeke are both like just like in the top three for everyone with uh, McCaffrey. So yeah, but um, you see the thing with Zeke is that they don't really give him the ball in terms of PPR like that. It's always yeah. round out, so you're never you're never going to get those catches. I may go Alvin Kamara. Ooh, because the Saints just love to feed him the ball mm -hmm. in the passing. So, but right now it's Christian McCaffrey probably is the first round like number one. And I, I like Kamara too. That's a good choice. So, talking more about running backs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU is getting a ton of hype because now he's apparently going to be the RB1 for the Chiefs. Are you kind of buying into that first-round hype for him? Yeah, the Chiefs really love their running backs. It's just the only thing with the Chiefs is that they rotate. So, they're, uh -huh. they're, they're like a mock Patriots. Yeah. Like, every week with the Patriots, you never know who's going to be the running back that gets theirs. And if you pick the right guy, like if you have like James White... Or Rex like Burkhead or someone yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah, if you get James White, some weeks may even have like yeah, Rex Burkhead coming <laughs> in, just getting like two touchdowns at the one, which gives you <laughs> right there. So last year was tough for the Chiefs because I had myself like 
Shady McCoy, you know, and then um, I think Damian uh, Edwards does last Will- Damian Williams, who Damian op- he opted out this year too. Yeah, so you know, it's just a tough situation back there with the running with the running back group. But honestly, it's like whoever you pick up there, has, is there like a solid like RB two kind of deal? Like if you need like that secondary running back, I'd say they're like a RB two slash flex kind of guy. Yeah, I, I mean I've seen him like go as high as six in drafts. So I don't I don't know. It's it'll be a more of a risky pick, but he has the potential to totally boom. Oh yeah, for sure. And then. One more question about running backs. This is a Cleveland sports podcast, so we'll try to get your opinion on this. Are you buying in more or less on Nick Chubb this year since you have Kareem Hunt for a full season? So I'm going I'm going to still buy in into Nick Chubb even though they have Kareem Hunt. Kareem hasn't played football in a while, you know, and there hasn't been a lot going on for him to, like, get back into the groove of things. Kareem Hunt was an amazing running back for the Chiefs. That was, like, one of my favorites. He was always a pickup I had for the past few years. He was there, so um, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still standing with Nick Chubb. I feel like they're gonna use Kareem Hunt as like a secondary option. Mm-hmm. They're gonna give uh, Nick Chubb all the carries, but it would be smart to pick up Kareem Hunt. I'm thinking they're, I think people are gonna pick him up like round six, seven, or eight. One of those like that late would be round. bad. How, how? Yeah, like do you know what? Do you know what he's gonna pick up at? I mean, I've seen him going in, like, the third and fourth. I, I just, I, in PPR league, standard, it's different because... Yeah, I'm thinking of standard. In PPR, I can see why. He's but, yeah, he had the third most catches on the team in just eight games, which is pretty crazy, so... I mean, the tough thing is, though, like, you got to realize, like, him having the third most catches on the team is kind of more telling about the team. Because, mm-hmm. like, you have Jarvis Landry and Odell, and you would, you would imagine Baker would be... Get, the, get those uh, guys a little bit more touches to where it's more like gapped out mm-hmm. but it, didn't, it just didn't turn out that way you know uh, they had a tough year but I feel like they're going to come back they've been working hard so <laughs> we're up here we're really hoping they do yeah so you want to move on to the quick questions yeah go ahead awesome so who was your favorite NFL team growing up uh, my fantasy football team your fantasy football. I like that. That's the first time I've got it. Yeah, I never really had, even though like, I'm a Tampa guy, Tampa Bay Buccaneers guy, sure. But, like, I mean, I kind of fell in love with football um, just because of football. But then my fantasy football team is kind of how I fell in love with the NFL, more often than not. How was it uh, down there when Brady signed? Uh, everyone's ecstatic right now. Everyone loves it. He's, he's, I heard that he worked out at my high school a few times. Ooh. So, like, he used our weight room and stuff. So, you know, it's, it's cool hearing he's, like, using some of my old facilities and, like, my old field and stuff. It's just nice nice to, like, see him in pictures and stuff and stuff like that. That's that's so sweet. Yeah. I cannot imagine someone like Tom Brady coming to my high school. <laughs> so, who was your favorite player growing up? Uh, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. That's a good one. Florida. Yeah. What other sports did you play in high school? So I did basketball for the three years, and then I did track my senior year. Awesome. Who was, or I asked you the hardest person to guard in practice, Chase and Nick, which has got to be so difficult. Do you have a favorite teammate? A favorite teammate? I mean, I love all the guys here. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, like, when I got recruited here, I remember Sean was like, look, you're going to find out that a lot of guys here are similar to you, like how you act and stuff like that. And, you know, all coaches say that. Like, yeah. Like, the going to be there. But, like, literally right when I walked in the door, like, it's just so easy to make friends from anyone you meet, from the older guys 
for guys. Like, it's just like, a, it's, when they say brotherhood, people kind of take it like, oh, yeah, that's just how they, like, say it for people on, like, Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. and, like, see, like, oh, we're a team. Like, no, but there's, like, a difference here. Like, it's, like, really does feel like that. That'll just only make you guys better as a team, too. So, talking about your teammates, is there a funniest teammate? Funniest? Uh, Big Dewan. Oh, for real? Big Dewan. He's a great guy. Love him. <laughs> so, who's your favorite musical artist, and what do you have running on your pregame warm-up playlist? Um, my favorite artist is Lil Uzi Vert. That's Ooh. my favorite artist. So, um, on my pregame playlist, I mean, honestly, we have a music when we're playing. So, in high school... We used to be very silent. Like there was no like, there was no like talking. Like we had to be focused and everything like that. That was a big shift yeah. when I came to college. So in college, like we have music going on. Like people are able to mock around and like be around each other and stuff like that. So it was a big kind of culture shock for me going to college. So like I just kind of listened to whatever they got on the playlist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got to be difficult. One time you're just getting in your zone, and the next is probably so loud. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's actually all I have for today. Thank you so much, Nicholas, for coming on the show. It was an absolute pleasure having you. Uh, thank you so much. And just good luck with everything. Good luck down the road, especially if you guys have a season. I'm really pulling for you, and we'll be excited to watch you this upcoming year. Gotcha. Thank you. And we actually have a quick message from our sponsor, Manscaped. Live sports are back. It's very possible that we may see an NBA playoff matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. The playoffs are coming up. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered us to make sure your Nuggets are safe as possible when that matchup happens. The Lawnmower 3.0, guys, is awesome. It's the best hygiene tool because of the ceramic blade and the skin-safe technology. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HTSP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code HTSP. Take your grooming experience to the next level. And thanks to you guys if you made it this far listening to the Hottest Take Sports podcast. Today's intro beat was made by Black Lions Beats on YouTube. We'll have a link to it in the description. Also, make sure you all go give Nicholas a follow on Instagram at Nicholas underscore Petit Freire and on Twitter at Nicholas Petit. Huge thanks again to Nicholas for coming on the show. It was an absolute pleasure having you. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay updated with our show. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the hottest underscore take pod. Also, make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. Thanks again, y'all, and see you next time.